Episode 153, everybody, with the founder and director of the Emotional Health Institute, Cedric Bertelli. Phenomenal conversation. This was one of the most valuable conversations I think we may have ever had here on the Optimal Life Podcast. Cedric is a um, somebody that's uh, a therapist who has studied emotional behavior and emotional health for many, many years and has helped thousands and thousands of people recover from traumatic experiences. You can check him out. We've linked them here in the show notes. And uh, give it a few minutes. He does have a thick, heavy accent. He's not from the United States originally. Is out living in California, so it might take you a few minutes, uh, in full disclosure, to start understanding what he says. But the conversation picks up as we go, and uh, this is just invaluable. If you know somebody that suffered a traumatic experience or that can use some uh, mental health uh, uh, coaching, mental health rejuvenation, this is definitely an episode that you want to point them to. Thank you guys for continuing to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And uh, with that said, everybody, please sit back, relax, and welcome the one and only Cedric Bertelli. The Optimal Life. Where, where are you from? I am from South of France. South of France? Yeah, about uh, three hours north of uh, Barcelona. Three hours north of Barcelona. Hmm. Yeah. I remember when in, the uh, Olympics were in Barcelona many, many years ago. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. You know, uh, very different from uh, from where I, I grew up. I grew up in a in a village of eighty people in the forest. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's another life. Yeah. Yeah, that would be uh, interesting. How did you get <laughs> getting to from uh, south of France to Oakland, California? I was working uh, for my job at the time. I was working uh, in uh, hospitality business. Uh, I was working for the Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. and I. Um, my first job in the U.S. was in Half Moon Bay, California, in the kitchen, and that's how I came. Uh, that's how I came to the U.S. and I fell in love with California, with the coast, and uh, um, I did whatever I could to uh, to stay here, and I got lucky enough to uh, to to make it happen. Oh, that's great! So, talk to me about emotions. You're the emotion expert. It sounds like. Talk to us uh, first off. Explain how emotions are even created. I, so, so that's of course it's not um, you know it's not my my work. Most of my understanding is based on the work of uh, uh, this wonderful woman called Lisa uh, Barrett Feldman, out of uh, Massachusetts, Boston, and and other researcher as well. Uh, but the way that emotional difficulties are created, uh, it's you know, simple is not the word, is different from what most people think. And I think it's important to have an idea of how emotions are created so we can demystify what an emotion is, demystify what a trauma is. Uh, in a nutshell, an emotional difficulty is an obsolete prediction from the brain. You know, uh, one of the main job of our brain is to predict. Our brain constantly predicts based on past experiences. Uh, it does it for food, for example. If you're about to taste a food that you already know, before you put the food in your mouth, you already have an expectation, an anticipation of how the food is going to taste like, right? Correct. It is the same thing with an emotion. An emotion is an anticipation from the body. Uh, I explained. Uh, we know that at the root of every single one of our emotional difficulty, there is, there is what we can call a trauma. And I know in a previous show, you actually, uh, you actually had somebody talking about um, trauma and, and sexual trauma, etc. What you and I as, as an adult call, the, call a trauma is something that we see as very intense. 
so it's a sexual trauma, an attack, uh, things like that. But but we leave what we can consider trauma from very very early on. What a one day old baby will leave as a trauma is very different from you and I will leave a trauma today as men and as adults. Um, very early on, during the twenty first uh, first month of our life, a body, our body, is going through very intense stresses. During the first 21st month of our life, we are absolutely vulnerable. So too hungry, too alone, too cold, too hot, everything is extremely stressful. So what I mean is, at the origin of every single one of our disruptive emotional pattern, more than a trauma is a very, a moment of very intense stress. Because a mother are all we are. Basically, when the body is going through an instance of stress, which is, which is too much for the body to take, there is something happening uh, in our brain, which is a short dissociation. Basically, the cognitive brain is disconnecting, so we don't suffer too much. Now, during this disconnection, the subconscious brain is recording all the ailments happening to us. And you're saying during that this is happening, Cedric? This is happening right off uh, the, the, the moment we come into this world? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I will, I will say even before. Uh, I would say even before, uh, when we're in the womb, uh, when we're in the womb, we're living stressful events. If our mother is, is very stressed, for example, but also um, stressful event for ourselves, coming out of the womb is extremely stressful for the body. You know, some of us uh, stay in labor for like two, four hours. So there is stress for us, not mental stress, not psychological stress, but really physical stress even before we come into this world. Okay. You see what I mean? Like when I say stress, is not only emotional, it's also physical. Sure. So um, when we have this dissociation, these moments when the cognitive brain disconnect and the subconscious mind record everything, the subconscious mind record elements in a very different way that you and I perceive. Uh, the cognitive brain perceives about 2,000 bits of information per second. That's what you and I are aware of. Now your subconscious mind and my subconscious mind record about 400 billion bits of information per second. So when there is a dissociation, the way that your brain or my brain records things is very different from what we record intellectually. So when there is a dissociation, the brain records what you taste, what you feel, what you hear, what you smell, everything that's coming up through the five senses, and also the physical sensations that you feel in your body during the moment of dissociation, during the moment of very intense stress. Now, that's what we're gonna call a, a stressful time, and we have plenty of them in our life. And then we move on, uh, we become a child, an adult, uh, whatever, whatever is happening in our life. But now the thing is, when the body, our body, is finding itself in a situation, when it recognizes, so to speak, one element that was present during one of our traumatic events, our brain is going to automatically and instantly generate the physical sensation that you are about to feel based on what was felt at the moment of the quote-unquote trauma. Mm. The same way that your body generates the taste of an apple before you eat an apple, 
when your body finds itself in a situation, position, along uh, an element that was present during a trauma, it is going to automatically generate the physical sensation that you are about to feel. It is a prediction, an anticipation. Yes. Now, the way that we know that we feel an emotion as human beings is because we feel it in our body. An emotion always starts with a physiological response. An emotion doesn't come um, through our mind, so to speak, through the, the cognitive realization that we're feeling anxious or stressed or angry. No, I mean, if we look at it, an emotion comes from a physiological response. Those physiological responses, those sensations, are called interoception. They're called interoception. 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 Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. Interoception. It's it's the physical sensation that lets you know that you feel an emotion. There is a part of the brain that manages those physical sensation. It's called the insular cortex, the insula, and the insula take all the, those messages from your organs, your muscles, that are triggered by a stimulus, and change it into an emotion changing into something that you can conceptualize. So what is an emotional difficulty? An emotional difficulty is an obsolete prediction from your brain. It's an information that never had a chance to be updated because if we look at our life, most of the emotion that we feel, emotional difficulty that is, the anxiety, the stress, the, the, the sadness, most of the emotion that we feel are not related to what we are living now. It's either way an anticipation, a regret, but it, if we look at our life objectively, most of our emotional difficulties are not related to the moment that we live now. Mm, interesting. You see what I mean? So let me ask you, you, you mentioned Bertie Lynn, that's who I believe you were talking about. We did a recent episode where she shared her painful journey of childhood and, and sexual abuse, etc. Yes, so absolutely. Let's use her great as, episode, by the way. Thank you very much. Let's let's use that uh, example. So she's uh, sexually abused at a young age, six years old, seven years old. Yes. And uh, it occurs for uh, a year and a half, two years. But then, obviously, the trauma is now with her for forever. So yeah. in your example, what, what happens like when she's, I don't know, 18, 20, 22, if she hasn't been able to resolve these emotional difficulties and she sees maybe she's watching a movie right and something triggers she yes. sees somebody being uh, sexually molested or abused or um, taken advantage of it, it, watching a movie Th those types of feelings will then do exactly what to her well that will probably re-trigger a lot of pain maybe bringing flashbacks and etc she will she if the trauma is not integrated, if the traumatic events is not integrated, a person can suffer from the weight of trauma for a lifetime. Okay, so uh, so if it's not integrated, if it's not, uh, what it, what's the word that you used? Integrated is correct, or resolve, or, resolve. or release, but integrated yeah. is, the, is the, the word that I prefer really. Okay, so if it's not, it, so let me ask you, what? let's get to some of that then. What are some of the ways that Birdie or anyone else that's gone through something like that, how do they begin to integrate these emotions? Well, thank you for this question. Whatever happened in in, in the life of, um, of, of this woman or whatever trauma happened happened and there is nothing we can do about it right i mean it's 
we cannot we cannot heal trauma per se the trauma happened now what we can do is helping to heal the wound of a trauma every time there is a re-trigger let's say she uh, she was abused uh, i believe in in, in early early uh, early years or later on as a young adult for example when when she feels the impact of the trauma in her life that's when we can help her so with my work we never work on the original trauma it's it's almost useless there's nothing we can do there we always work on the impact of the trauma today in my life today how is my trauma impacting Maybe I cannot watch some scenes of movies. Maybe I cannot be into intimate relationships, whatever it is. Or usually when we feel an emotional difficulty after a trauma, we do one or two things. Number one, we react. Or we control. So either way, we react out of what we feel in our body or we control what we feel. We try to control how we feel or we try to control what creates how we felt. Now, at the moment that we feel the impact of the trauma, that's when everything is triggered in the brain to resolve this impact. When we feel the physical sensations, when we realize that there is an impact, we watch a scene, as you said, or something else, we are triggered again, years after the trauma. When we feel the sensations in our body, when we feel the interoception, basically it's like a vortex in time. The physical sensation that you feel right there on your couch watching this movie were some of the sensations that were felt at the moment that you were abused, for example. So literally, the physical sensation that we feel in our body even years after, the way I see it is literally like a vortex in time, taking us to the moment when we were, for example, abused. Now, the key when we feel this impact, when we feel the impact, let's say on our coach, to go back to your example, the key is to do nothing. The key is at that time to, so to speak, control your mind so you can put all your attention on the physical sensations that you're feeling right then. I'm sorry, C- control, Cedric, yeah, just because I... Control, control your mind, so to speak. So you put your mind, you put all your attention on the physical sensations that you're feeling in your body. So you're feeling the impact of the trauma. You see a scene, you're triggered, here, you do nothing. You close your eyes and you pay attention to your interoception. You pay attention to the physical sensations that is letting you know, that are letting you know that you're feeling triggered. Are, are you with me? Yes, okay. Yeah, so you, you you feel triggered, you close your eyes, you pay attention to the sensations. So now when you pay attention to the sensation, what's happening? You're becoming intimate, you becoming you begin you become to be in relationship with your emotions. So you're not going into memory. You're not trying to control yourself. You're not doing anything. You're just shifting your attention to how your emotion feel without the story, without the history. When you feel the reaction, you pay attention to two or three sensations in your body. And at that time, that's where it's really important. When you pay attention, it's just the first step the next step is the most difficult for human being which is you've got to do nothing Mm. you've got to stay connected to your physical sensations and feel the sensations as they change in your body your physical sensation your interoception is not going to stay static the sensation 
are going to change to transform in your body. And while this is happening, you don't want to do anything. The sensations might become a bit intense, but it's okay. It's completely safe. Those sensations are just archaic traces that were recorded by your body. Wow. Now, those physical sensations are going to change between 2 and 90 seconds, sometimes a bit longer if the sensations are too painful and the person is trying to control them in some way. But what you're reliving there is a prediction from the brain, right? Your brain thinks that you're about to feel those sensations again. Your body feels in danger and is anticipating that you're going to be attacked again. Now, if you can stay on your couch doing nothing, just feeling the physical sensations consciously without any control, your brain realizes that nowadays you can remain in contact, you can remain close to what was perceived as a stimulus without any kind of control and still you're safe and sound. From that very moment, whatever stimulus was held but what you were experiencing is going to be updated. Your body automatically is going to update the prediction and the stimulus is a danger. Do you see what I mean? So, so let, me, our, let me stop you. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, let Sorry. me stop you here just to try to uh, unpack a little bit of this. So uh, what, you're, what you recommend, and this is proven in your practice time and time again, somebody that's thousands. Had, thousands, thousands and thousands of, of times, Someone has a traumatic experience, there's a, um, an emotional difficulty, and it's being triggered by uh, an event in today, you know, a current event. And the first thing you tell them to do is not fight it. Don't fight it, accept it, feel it, close your eyes, and let it be in tune with whatever feeling, whether it's a heartbeat that's racing, anxiety, tingles, your foot's moving, whatever it is, right? I mean, let, let, it, let it be. And, it, and you have to just accept this moment, whether it's two seconds, 40 seconds, or 90 seconds, whatever it is, accept it. Now you're saying, once you've truly accepted it and not fought it and not run away from it, your body has now updated right. th updated itself to this. So, Absolutely. So, okay. So, updated the prediction. Now, uh, I, um, in order to be, uh, to be useful to the audience, it's, when we say accept it, it's already cognitive. Like we don't want if you if you feel sensation is like I'm okay I'm accepting it it's it's so to speak it's uh, it's counterproductive we have to be um, we have to turn from human being to living being what I mean is you've got to feel like consciously what is happening in your body viscerally I call that visceral somatic quieting viscerally what's going on shift your cognitive to feel and just feel with that thought. Because thinking or saying I'm accepting is already controlling. Mm. Okay. You see, okay. most of the time as human beings, we control our emotion, not most of the time, often, we control our emotion, our emotion through thoughts. I'm okay, everything is fine. It's already controlling. It's already too much. We've got to tune in to the sensations. And I will say the best way I can describe it is feel with curiosity. Just feel what's going on inside of you. Feel with curiosity. That's it. Feel with curiosity. You literally have to just blink and let the feel, almost like float, right? Like just somehow take your mind off and let let it let be. That's correct. That's correct. You see, for example, you know, animals do not hold on to trauma. We know that very well. 
But why? Because when an animal is going through trauma, after the trauma happened, he has no control. He will shake, for example, he will do what he has to do. He do not hold on to the trauma. It, 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 the animal learns from the traumatic experience, learn viscerally in their, in their, in their flesh, in their muscles, but they, they're not traumatized per se. We can say that all this impact of our trauma are parts of our life that never had a chance to be integrated. So when, when we do what I just explained, we're integrating an experience. We're actually learning, but not cognitively, viscerally, in our body, from what happened to us. So what is happening when you say the body is now updating, basically updating the software, for lack of a better that's, term? <laughs> what is, it's, uh, what it is. It's, what, it's exactly what it is. Okay. It's updating the software. So okay. it's updating the software. And uh, so what is exactly, what's the, maybe if you can shed some light into the science behind it or what's going on with the brain, what, what, how is that working? Yeah. So again, it's, it's my understanding. Yeah. It's from, from, uh, from what I studied, etc. So is that the truth? I don't know. Right. That's what I understand. Okay, so I'm not claiming to say the truth. That's what I understand. I think that when we have, when we're living very intense stress, the synapses linking the neurons activated during this stress are burning, are being destroyed. You know, information is going from neuron to neurons through synapses and then right. Now, when we are extremely stressed, the dendrite and synapses around the neurons are being destroyed by the stress. So now you have those neurons that were active during our traumas that are isolated. They're not dead. They're in us holding an information that never had a chance to be processed. Because you see, in our life, we are updating predictions constantly. Like that's how we learn, right? We, uh, um, if I go in a shop and I taste uh, a specific, uh, I don't know, cupcake, the next time I'm going to go to this shop, I'm going to anticipate that this specific cupcake is going to taste this way until I am proved otherwise, and then my prediction will be updated. So we're updating prediction constantly, except when the stress is too high and the cognitive is not in tune with the body. So, uh, sorry, I, I, uh, I went another way like for a minute, but when we have a very intense stress, the neurons activated during this stress are becoming isolated. So now when the body after this stress is finding itself in a position when the, 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 the brain, the subconscious brain recognizes one of the elements of one of our trauma, those neurons are being reactivated, generating uh, generating sensations that are going to be felt as an emotion. Now, when you do nothing, when you just feel the sensations and let the information being processed, from my understanding, what's happening is like a mini electroshock. You know what electroshock are doing is just sending electricity to reconnect neurons, basically. Well, here, when you're just stay doing nothing, feeling the physical sensations in your body, for me, it's an element of um, uh, neuronal plasticity. Those neurons that were activated by this stimulus 
and never had a chance to be reconnected to the rest of the neuronal map are being reconnected. The information is finally being processed. The information is finally going through our brain, through our body. Wow. So, uh, okay, so let's continue with this example. Some uh, Somebody that has had this experience, they finally do it. They let it be. They, they don't think about it. They just feel it for 45 seconds, a minute, whatever. And, uh, and and then, okay, then they, then, then what do they do next? Do they just forget about it? What, what happens? They do nothing. They do nothing. They do nothing. So let's say, let's just say, let's say, let's say they move on. And they notice, they notice how now they don't have this reaction anymore in their life. So that's where I was going to go. So let's assume that three days later or three months later, the same thing happens a similar situation happens a friend calls and says oh my god my my girlfriend was raped or whatever something triggers what happens to that person now now the person will be in tune with that with it with what is actually happening so when before if a friend of mine if i've been abused let's say uh, myself if before doing the emotional resolution let's say um if my friend would have called me before I resolved some of my responses, I would have been taken by my story and probably not be able to be present for my friend, right? I would have felt my pain so much that I would not have been able to be present for my friend and his girlfriend. Mm. Now, if I resolve, and again, uh, to, be, to, be, uh, to be specific, if I've been abused for several years, I'm not going to have only one impact in my life, you know? One trauma is impacting us in many ways. So I'm not saying by doing this exercise or the, the resolution as I described, it's going to heal all the impacts of the trauma at once. No, that's not correct. One traumatic event can create several emotional impacts. We're going to have to do that for every single one of the impacts that we feel in our life. Now, to go back to your question, well, when that will happen, if my friend called me and say, oh, you know, my, my, this happened to my girlfriend, but I will be able to be present and bring my experience to my friend and his girlfriend without being in pain. So whatever happened to me, whatever happened to me happened. But now it's more integrated in a way that my body to not react so much that I'm taken by my story and I can now be present to what is actually happening outside of me. So what you're saying too is that there are could be multitudes of emotional difficulties. Just because you do the practice once doesn't mean you've erased all of them or, or upgraded the software against all of those feelings. There may be some other anxious type feelings that trigger again, correct? And you might have to do the yeah. same practice again. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if I'm being abused for five or ten minutes sexually, there are several times that I'm going to dissociate. There are several times probably that my, my, my consciousness is going to go away because the stress is so high. So one action of being, I don't know, uh, um, at war, being attacked in the street, being raped, or it, it, that, that action, what we consider cognitively as one event, I know a body has several impacts. For example, somebody who come back from uh, from war is not going to have only one thing. Is not going to have only one what we call a, 
layer of PTSD, maybe it's going to be difficult for them to hear loud noises. It's also going to be difficult for them maybe to watch some uh, scene on TV, to come outside. I don't know. So you see what I mean? One trauma can create several difficulties in our life. Yes. Several predictions. Now, the beauty is, if we take the time, so to speak, to realize when we feel the emotion and we stop and we do what we just talked about, little by little, we're going to feel better and we're going to feel better every time. Mm, that's really incredible. So, and this is not just about, uh, we're using the, the example I brought up was the sexual abuse. This is any kind of trauma. This could be, this could be you were growing up your whole life, you were always told you were doing something wrong, you're, you're not good enough, and then you take it into your adult life and someone tells you that you do something, you, you, did, it, you did it wrong, and then you have this crazy reaction, right? Reaction. I mean, this could be anything. Yeah, absolutely. And again, absolutely. For, for those people, when they get caught into this moment, they have to stop. Now, what if they're not sitting on their couch? What if they're in a group of people, Cedric? What, what, do they do the same thing? So it's important when you do that that you that your body feels safe. If your body doesn't feel doesn't feel safe, so to speak, if you're in a group of people, if you are uh, in a place when you cannot make yourself vulnerable, it is it is going to be difficult. So that's the reason why we train practitioners. We train um, uh, practitioners to do this work with clients, and, and I see clients every day. For, for this reason, we can teach people how to do that, but sometimes because of life, it's, it's difficult to do on yourself because of the context when you feel the emotion. So that's why we train people who can re-trigger very gently an emotion even after it happens, and from a safe place, reproduce the experience that we talked about earlier. Interesting. But, but most of the time, like if you're dedicated, like if, if you're dedicated to, to feel better, most of the time you can step away from where you are, go in the, in the toilet, for example, as the emotion is still um, active in you or in the hallway, and then try to do it on yourself. What do your clients say to you when you help them through this type of stuff? I mean, how, what are these reactions that you're getting from people? You know, you'd be surprised. There is no, there is no wow moment. There is no, uh, there is no shaking, crying. Oh my God! Thank you so much. None of that, because actually, once a prediction is integrated, it's integrated. There is the client realize that it doesn't, they don't feel that way anymore, and it becomes part of their life. It can be baffling when you, when you, when you suffer an, an emotion for a long time. But very quickly, when the prediction is updated, it's almost like it never was there. Mm. You see, when something, for me, it becomes very clear that when something is really integrated, there is no, oh my God, wow moment. When there is some like, oh my God, wow moment, it's almost like it's too much for the body to take. You will be surprised how people come with years of emotional difficulties, and after one, two, three sessions, it doesn't matter, but when the difficulty is resolved, they just, they just don't feel it anymore. And if they think about it, yeah, it's impressive, but the body is just not triggered anymore. So where you used to be triggered, there is nothing. Wow. So you just move on with life. You see what I mean? You, when a scene, when a scene of a, of a show used to, uh, used to trigger you, now you see the same scene and nothing is happening in you. Wow. It takes it takes a moment to say, "Oh shit!" You know, uh, last week if I've seen that, I would have been triggered. 
but has nothing is happening in you as you're just in relationship with what is actually happening in front of you there's no magic into it it's just life wow that's incredible that's absolutely incredible I mean, it's just baffling that that's the effect uh, that you're able to achieve and attain. I mean, it's really powerful. And on the other hand, you see how, how logical it is. I mean, things are very well done in nature. Our body is extremely resilient. There is nothing magic. Why would we be one of the only species on Earth that hold on to trauma that way? It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. No. Now, there is something else about humans is we create emotions out of emotion. You know, I often often uh, tell the story of a cow. Is A cow is afraid of a rabbit for some reason. A cow is afraid of a rabbit, and that's it. If the cow is doing a resolution, but the cow is going to be fine around rabbits, fine. Now, if a human is afraid of rabbit, the human feels the fear of the rabbit, then it's going to be a shame of being afraid of rabbit. So it's going to, it might develop a nature to rabbit and start becoming a hunter, kill rabbit, feel guilty about killing rabbits, go into psychotherapy and try to find out why he's afraid of rabbit and remember that he's dad, etc., etc. So we, we create emotions out of emotion. Yeah. That's one of the specificity of human beings, which makes it a bit more difficult from just being a cow or... Yeah, and, and I got to say, when you said that the thing about <clears throat> when you upgrade your software, it's almost as if the original or the prior versions are no longer even in existence. It reminds me of like an update on the iPhone. You can't go back to the three or four updates ago. You don't even know what that phone looked like. It's exactly what it is. It is exactly what it is. It, actually, I was taking this example because um, last weekend, my uh, my wife had a problem with her iPhone and she couldn't figure it out what was going on. So I said, okay, honey, let me take care of it. And all I did is I turned the thing off and on. And that's it. It, <laughs> it, it, just, it just fixed the bug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? There's nothing to be proud of. It's exactly what we do when we do emotional resolution. Stop. We let the body do what it is supposed to do. We reset. That's fantastic advice and I look forward to uh, people listening to this and potentially connecting with you and contacting you to uh, maybe clear up some of their traumatic experiences. Before we finish, um, yes. this is trauma type stuff, but you also help people that are just depressed, anxious, angry, that have negative feelings. A lot of times we don't know why we're feeling funky. It could be the day, the week, the month, the year. Why are we feeling so depressed? Why are we feeling so upset about something? And we can't really pinpoint it. Uh, how do you handle those situations? Man, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful question because most of the time we don't know what creates the emotion because it happened maybe too early on life, in life or whatever. It doesn't matter if we know why the emotion is there. Most of the time, whatever we're going to um, see as the beginning of our emotion is not the reality anyway. It, it doesn't matter if we know or not what, where the emotion is coming from. When we feel the emotion, when we realize that we feel an emotion, it is enough. We can go in, feel the interoception, feel the physical sensations, and let the body reset, let the body update. So when people come with anger issues, depression, anxiety, uh, etc., I never ask them where is that coming from. It's irrelevant. That actually put them in their head 
put them into into a, a history or story that's irrelevant. The way that the emotion is felt today gives everything to achieve a resolution. That's fantastic. Hey, uh, Cedric, I really appreciate this. Emotional Health Institute, Cedric Bertelli. We will link up your website and uh, Facebook, etc., in the show notes. Uh, thank you. Fantastic insight and uh, continued success to you, and thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for the opportunity. It was, uh, it was a great talk. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.